So here's the question on my mind. What did this guy see in Jesus? We actually do not know very much about him. Luke is the only one who tells us about this really unusual conversation that happens between three people hanging on a cross. Not exactly a place conducive to conversation, right? And Luke maybe tells us the most about this one character. He's a thief. He's, uh, he admits that he had done something, we don't know what it is, that caused him legitimately to, be ending, and to end up on that cross. We also know that he was a victim of the state terrorism that was part of the Roman Empire, this cruel and unusual punishment that caused fear among the people uh, as this person was in a public and very humiliating way put to death. We don't know, maybe he had heard Jesus teach, maybe he had seen some miracles, maybe he knew nothing about him until he heard Jesus say those remarkable words, Father, forgive these people who are doing this to me. Maybe that was all it took for this criminal, who we don't know much about, to hail Jesus as a king, to say, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What did he see in Jesus? Huh? Very different from what the crowd standing around uh, saw in Jesus. The disciples, well, they've already gotten the first bus out of Jerusalem, so they're not around anymore. But the scribes, the religious leaders, the police, the soldiers are all making fun of Jesus and sort of saying, like, what kind of king could this be? The sign over Jesus says the king of the Jews which I think is meant sarcastically, but ironically makes the point we make this morning when we say Christ is king. And St. Paul in one of his letters, one of the earliest letters to the church said, you know, this whole business about Jesus as king on the cross, um, for a lot of people, for people outside the Jewish community, it's just ridiculous, just a foolish idea that, a, that someone who was king could end up on the cross like this for the Jewish people. It was a scandal, it, the idea that, um, that the Lord uh, that they had followed and or expected would end up in this way uh, was just blasphemous. Um, which causes us on this Sunday to ask where we stand at the foot of the cross and what it is we see when we look at Jesus. What kind of king is he? I don't know what you associate it, maybe with maybe something of an antiquated notion, but when you think of what is a what is a king like? Maybe you think of the rise of autocracies around the world that are uh, seeking more and more control, um, limiting freedom, uh, choosing fear over worship. Uh, maybe that's what comes to mind. Maybe it's the heresy of Christian nationalism that some people are, 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 are diving into these days. Uh, maybe, like me, you've watched just a little too much of The Crown, <laughs> and you can't keep track of how many houses they have and how many place settings and how many servants and how very many complicated family relationships there are. Uh, maybe you think of a king in our day as a corporate uh, magnet someone who can buy Twitter for $44 billion, who knows? 
What do you think of as a king? The church sets aside this Sunday, Christ the King Sunday, to help us think about what kind of king Jesus might be and presents something of an alternative vision. Uh, we're singing this morning, I love it, we're singing the greatest hits of Christ the King Sunday, just all of them echoing this message of Christ the King, helping us to think about what kind of king we're actually talking about. The liturgy again and again makes the point that Jesus is king. Every I think uh, people who've been to seminary more recently than I have might be able to tell me, but I think every liturgy in the prayer book includes the Lord's Prayer, which talks about thy kingdom come, thy will be done, uh, claiming Jesus as king. And uh, I'm so grateful to be serving here at St. James where this message comes through. One of the places that it has come through most powerfully for me is on All Saints Day. And I think this just happens at 1115. Is this true that we begin by singing the Beatitudes in a beautiful Russian chant? These, this message of how there's blessing that comes to people who are on the edges, who are suffering, who are mourning, who are meek, who are weak, who are hungry. And that beautiful rendering of the beatitude is framed by the words of this thief. Remember your servants, Lord, when you come into your kingdom. And what that says to me is what I think that thief on the cross saw, that the key to the kingdom of Jesus, the mark of him being a king, is that remembering. And is that compassion? Karen Armstrong says that compassion is the basic religious virtue of all religions. But we see that depicted so powerfully in the cross because the word compassion means, literally means suffer alongside, suffer with. So as Jesus hangs on the cross, arms stretched out to draw us into his saving embrace, he is suffering alongside those other thieves. And that is a piece of what helps him recognize that Jesus is a king and that that is a kingdom he wants to be part of. And that that kingdom marked by compassion will ultimately be something like paradise. So we claim that as we ask this morning, what do we see in Jesus. There's a beautiful little plaque up here. If you've ever had the privilege of coming up to the pulpit, and I think if you would never have and you wanted to come at some private time, nobody would stop you, right? Nobody would stop you. Beautiful little plaque that says, we would see Jesus, which is just a reminder for preachers to say that what we're about is coming to see Jesus more clearly and coming to see that the kingdom we want to sign up for, kingdom we want to sign up for, is not marked by that power or that fearfulness or that compulsion, but is marked by compassion and building that kind of community, as Nick read for us so beautifully, reconciling the whole world, being a kingdom of healing and hope. So I've never done this before, but I'm going to quote Jimi Hendrix in a sermon. <laughs> this first time, right? 
He said, when the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. When the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. Sounds a lot like our shy and retiring presiding bishop who says if it's not about love, it's not about God. But that idea that who we worship, who stands at the center of this community, is the one who will help the world to know peace. We call him the Prince of Peace. We call him Christ the King because he invites us not only to come to see him as that thief did on the cross, but who invites us to come to know him and to follow him and to serve him and to worship him. And in doing so to worship not only with our lips, but with our lives and to take that into the world so that his hands and feet, we can be extenders of compassion as well. With that in mind, we come today to celebrate Christ the King, the Prince of Peace, giving thanks for what we see in him. Amen. Amen.